0: Born again, more than a conqueror, that's what I am, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. love him. All right. Thank you, musicians. I, I kind of like to tag a song, which is sing the last line one more time. And I, sometimes it surprises the musicians. Th- they think I'm going to go into another verse. So <laughs> that's just the, the bluegrass are in me, I think, I tag stuff. So um, <clears throat> it's so good to be here this evening. I greet you all and uh looking forward to the service tonight glad to have brother Barry with us he's been through some through the ringer this uh early this this winter with some pneumonia and all the things that he's been hit with but he was uh g- glad to sit and listen to a good sermon by brother Barry tonight we're excited about that greetings to everybody brother yeshua good to have you here all the way from Pakistan so <laughs> with sarah so glad to see you here it's rare, rare to get a visitor from so far off um, but just welcome and uh, I believe we got a special this evening from Brother Sheffield is that right okay it, and uh, glad to glad that glad to hear that I enjoy your piano playing so I don't know if you're playing and music singing so it'll be a surprise so thank you for that always excited to get a special here on a Wednesday night um, let's sing together this song isn't he? wonderful amen do you believe it isn't he wonderful 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 isn't jesus my lord wonderful Our Lord, wonderful. Eyes have feet. Ears have heard what's recorded in God's word. Isn't Jesus our Lord? Wonderful. Amen. You can take your seats for just a few minutes. Let's let's um put it in the key of C and a, let's do an old song that I really love. It's called As the Deer. My cousin Joseph introduced me to this song long ago, and he used to play it and sing it at family reunions, and it really brings back some some great memories. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after. let sing that chorus one more time. Man. Well- go and bring a couple of requests uh, for prayer to the Lord. Does anyone in here have a request just by an uplifted hand? I know there's so many needs among us this evening. And uh, Brother David Cockman, if you don't mind, uh, come up and be ready to uh, bring these to the Lord. Um, Brother Fulcher, uh, as you know, we've been having prayer for him for a long time. He's had some fluid build up. And so please continue to keep him in your prayers. What an amazing uh, veteran soldier of the Lord, Brother Fulcher. And so uh, Tracy Rebell is sick. Brother Mike Pritchard's mother, his mother's brother, his uncle, has passed away. So keep the Pritchards um, in mind as well this week. Uh, Brother Johnny Reynolds' father has... um, uh, needs some prayers as well he's been uh, dealing with some 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 illness so keep him in mind and uh sister Cindy Walters has had some dental work and and uh, is out tonight and just needs a, a, a special prayer as well and then also uh, sister Amber um her uh granddaughter uh is a uh, uh, Aliyah uh, Aliyah um, 23 years old and diagnosed with type one diabetes. Let's just be in prayer for her as well. You know, we know he's the God of miracles. Amen. So yeah, brother David, if you would come up and we'll just bring these uh, requests to the Lord. Let's just uh, approach His throne with reverence for these prayer requests and and pray for the brother or sister that's seen it beside of you across the road from you as well. And let's just let's just go to Him. His power hits. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and grace, Lord God, for all these requests, Lord God, we lay our hands on Him, Lord Jesus, we just give them to you, Lord Jesus, Lord God, we know that you are just so mindful of each of our every every need, Lord Jesus, and we just know that you're the healer, you give us everything that we need, Lord God, brother Fulcher, Lord, we just want to just constantly keep Him in prayer, and Lord, all these requests, Lord Jesus. The, the Pritchards and Lord, be with them and their um, just comfort them, Lord Jesus. We ask it and Lord God, during this middle of the work week, Lord, help us to just forget about the worries of the of the day and just just be able to come and receive Your Word in Jesus' name. We ask it, Amen. Jesus. Amen. Do, do you believe you're part of a of a of a larger body? Amen. And uh, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts, right? And uh, when one part of the body gets a touch, the whole body gets a touch. You know, I take an aspirin from my back, and it makes my elbow feel better. And so uh, let's pray for one another, amen? If there's something happening uh, in your life, let somebody know it. And um, join together in prayer. That's, that's how we fulfill the law of Christ is by bearing one another's burdens. So don't, don't, don't bear it in silence. You've got um, a lot of people here who want to, to pray with you and want you to pray with them. Amen. All right, let's um, put in the key of D, brother Matt. Shackled by a heavy burden. deacons to come and to uh, take up the offering this evening. And uh, what a joy, amen, just to, to be able to give to the Lord the fruits of our labors and saying, use this to bless the body. Amen. It's a wonderful thing, a wonderful evening. Brother Tom, if you will. Jesus has a table spread Where the saints of God are fed He invites His chosen people Come and dine With His manna He doth theme And supplies our every need to sweet us up with Jesus all the time Come and dine the master call man for the master called to them come and dine there they found their hearts to thire, bread and fish upon the fire thus he satisfies the hungry every time come and dine the master calling. come and dine water into wine to the hungry call of them come and dine now soon the lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side all the hosts of heaven will assemble be oh it will be a glorious sight all the saints in spotless white, and with jesus they will feast seats this evening. Brother Jeremiah, if you would, come up and get ready to uh, bring us a special. Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude and turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine.
1: Man, how many of you are here to dine tonight? It's so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Um, the song I'm going to sing tonight is called I Can Still Go Free and it's really a testimony to myself. I feel like it's a testimony to a lot of youth in this day and age and really just anybody who says that they're a Christian cuz as soon as you as soon as you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get a target pain on your back. That's what Brother Bram said. And I feel like everybody has gone through a test in their life. But I feel like It's everybody's testimony that it's only by His grace that we can still go free. And that's just my personal testimony to this song. Show me what. I think.
0: Let's stand to our feet again. How many of you enjoy these musicians up here, amen? You should let them know it as often as you can. We've got some of the very best. I don't know if they even hear what I'm saying right now. They've got headphones on. But <laughs> the, if, if you appreciate them, let them know after service or just during the, during the week. I think um, just to be able to play like that uh, without rehearsal or practice and just everything comes together, it's just, uh, to me, it's the Lord. Amen. I, I really appreciate our music and our specials and our, and our musicians. As we change the order of the service here, as Brother Barry prepares to come and, and um, divide the word for us, let's sing a song. It's key of F. This is um, Child of the King. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child.
2: us a part of the royal family have your way now lord we pray tonight we just give you this part of the service and lord it's just such a blessing to hear the people rejoicing and singing and we indeed lord are a privileged group of people and father we are thankful for the opportunity we have to come aside and to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth have your way among us lord we pray tonight quicken the word to us May we not just be hearers, but doers of the word as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. While you're standing, let's take your Bible, if you will. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Let's bring it up there, boys. Let me join my thanks with Brother John and uh, lend appreciation to our musicians and everybody who makes a service take place. Our tech crew down there and everybody who's involved we appreciate that and um let's go to uh no Daniel chapter 2. No, that's not it, fellas. Sorry. Um, We may have to do the computer thing. Sorry. Daniel's second chapter, we're going to read in... We're going to begin in verse 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of of God forever, and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth times and the seasons, and he removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that that know understanding he revealeth the deep and secret things and he knoweth what he knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him notice verse 21 and he changeth the times and the seasons in other words everything revolves around his program and his it's it's a result of his doing and he removeth kings and setteth up kings that's interesting and he giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding, and he revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated tonight. We welcome all of you here tonight. Good to have uh, each and every one of you here making the effort to come on a Wednesday night, and I I appreciate that um, because I know that's not always an easy thing. Sister Mia, good to have you back uh, with us tonight. Uh, I want to just make this... um, announcement and i apologize because it never got mentioned on uh sunday and this is uh dear hbt family we'd like to thank you for the uh flowers balloons and all the prayers for henry during his surgery and recovery henry put your hand up over there we saw the doctor on friday and he remarked how well he has healed and we give all the glory to god uh peter and rachel and uh we apologize that that was not mentioned on sunday um, <clears throat> we have uh, a registration for the banquet, switches over tonight at midnight, and uh, then we'll have a regular link on there, and you're welcome to give that link out to, to folks, and uh, <clears throat> we, we still have, are involved in working on the uh, planning and decorating, so if any of you folks are interested in helping with that, uh, you can contact Sister Becky, and uh, she... Uh, is looking for some helpers to get that particular job done, and uh, we would appreciate that very much. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry, folks. That's not the yeah number two. We'll go right up there. Yeah, that sh- that should be it. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's correct. Sorry. <clears throat> now, I wanted to. Um, uh, also, as well, um, Sister Sarah Vasaki is here tonight, and uh, we didn't get to mention this on Sunday because they were delayed in coming to church, but Sarah is here tonight with her husband, and uh, this is Yeshua, Elias, which is the same as Elias, John. His last name is John. So, Yeshua, John. And they're here uh, tonight, and we want to welcome uh, Brother uh, Yeshua here uh, with us. And uh, we've already uh, chatted together and <clears throat> talked about him making tea for me that's going to help my throat. And so uh, he has a place. So we welcome them uh, this evening. Now, <clears throat> I want to, um, in picking up uh, on from Sunday service... Um, I told you that because I love the congregation so much, we're going to take a little time to, to talk about some of the tec- technical issues and issues related to uh, uh, social media and some different things that uh, have developed in our world that we need to have the conversation about. Um, and th- this is, a, a very, I think, a very important thing because it's evolving in our world. And so next Wednesday night, Lord willing, and I say Lord willing because we don't want to force this too quickly, but uh, Lord willing, next week we'll have a guest who will uh, be giving us a presentation. Hopefully it'll be also interactive so that you can ask questions, Uh, and it is uh, really designed for uh, uh, parents of children, and and, uh, of course our young people will benefit from it, although I know already you'll have an attitude like, (laughs) I already knew that. (laughs) But I saw the the structural notes for this uh, presentation, and it's very good. It helps to uh, helps. It helped me to understand just reading the notes. It helped me to understand what an influencer's job really is, and what an algorithm and how it works, and what the, what that's for. So uh, those two things are important, and they affect everybody. We're all we're all involved in this, and uh, so we're going to be uh, dealing with that tonight. I wanted to uh, do maybe a little uh, launch launching pad for this idea and. Part of, the, uh, part of the strategy that Satan always uses is to try to do all that he can to entrap God's people. Now, he cannot take away, if you're, if you're a born-again son or a daughter of God, he cannot take eternal life away from you, right? If he could, it wouldn't be eternal. So he can't do that, but he can, he can, he's a master at sidetracking us. He's a master at distracting us. He's, he's very good at tempting us. And causing us to be distracted from the real purpose that you're here on earth for. Yeah. And God has given us a very unique calling in the last days to be the, uh, the last portion of the bride of Christ. That don't die, but we walk from this earth into another kingdom. And so we have a, we have a really high calling. And we have a very special uh, function or role. Now, <clears throat> um, Pierce... <clears throat> Go find me a little bottle of water, will you? And I think there's one in there. I might need it in there. So check in the fridge right there. If not, go to the store and buy one for me. So the promise is, the prophecy is, that in the last day, knowledge would increase. There is obviously good knowledge, knowledge that God gives. When you read the book of Solomon, the first eight chapters are filled with admonitions by Solomon to uh, get knowledge. With all you're getting, get knowledge. Get wisdom. With all you're getting, get wisdom. You're a blessing. Despite what everybody says about you, you're a blessing. Okay? And the, the, the scripture in several places, and especially in the book of Solomon and Ecclesiastes, is filled with this whole uh, passionate uh, command that Solomon leaves with us to pursue the right kind of knowledge and wisdom. And, and we, need, we, we need to talk about that a little bit more. But there, there is also this side of it. And if you don't mind, take your Bible. Let's go to Daniel 12. Let's flip over there. And we're going to look at Hosea, which is right after this as well. So Daniel chapter 12. And you can take the time. I'm going to throw a lot at you here this evening uh, in certain screens here. But in, in chapter 12, and you can read 13 verses here. Uh, it, it, it really goes from 1 to 13. But let's read a couple in the beginning. At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to the same time, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found written in the, in the book. So now this is, this is an end time cycle he's referring to here. And this, this also now crosses over into the resurrection. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Well, there's going to be a judgment. That's what that's, that's referring to. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of, uh, of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So in other words, they'll shine in a dark season. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words, uh, shut up the words, And seal the book even to the time of the end, and many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And this is not the knowledge of God. This is knowledge where men will be naturally and intellectually smarter than any other age that's lived on the earth. Even though other ages have done uh, great things and they've had accomplishments and so forth, this age is going to be extraordinary and it'll be characterized by this increase of knowledge. And so we're the people who, who, who live and see that actually come to pass, okay? So, so this, is, this is where uh, I title this Knowledge Shall Increase Beyond the Turning Point. So this is not just a, a cycle that goes up and down or a curve that comes back. This is, uh, this is a, a, the prophecy for this last day where knowledge shall increase and it becomes a trap or it becomes a problem for the people that live on the earth, even though they don't think it's a problem. So let's look at it here. We're going to discuss three aspects of this, the moral issues, the financial issues, and the nuclear issues. Okay? But So stay with me here. This day we're living in, and this is the first recorded sermon of Brother Branham. It's such a day of unsettled peace and unsettled rest everywhere. People are running to and fro, and many, uh, most people cannot... And most anybody can get a following. No matter what they teach or think, somebody will listen to them. Just stop for a second. This is the era where Billy Sunday had uh, come through. Lots of evangelists. Pentecost had fractured into all kinds of groups and denominations. And so Brother Branham in 1947, he's observing this and saying, you know what, there's all kinds of movements now. All you need to kind of do is hang your shingle out there and you got a following. People will show up. And he said, people, when they're hungry, they'll eat from anywhere. And I think real true ministers of the gospel ought to be up and going, ought to be given the people the right things, which is meat in due season, or spiritual food in due season, as he preached in in 1965. And so therefore, despite the fact that there's all of this unrest, and there's all of these different movements out there, there is a truth. And that's what needs to be preached. And people need to really look at this he says it again in supersign, but you see what happened all at once. 6,000 years has been the same. Man has been the same man. But right here in the last 50 years, he's come from a horse and buggy to a jet and a rocket. So listen, for almost 6,000 years, men woke up in the morning and knew they were men. There was never a debate until there came a debate, right? There came a question. And everybody respected authority, basically uh, you know, for almost, you know, 5,900 years. And then in in the, in the 1960s here, all of a sudden the lid comes off, right? So brother Bram saying, you know, we've, we've made extraordinary advances here. Uh, but look at the society that we're a part of. And the Bible said they would run to and fro in the last day and knowledge shall increase. It's a sign of the end time. Now you can't be running without a message, there's people in the world, Brother Bram said, they're running to and fro, they're protesting this, and they don't want to do this, and they're against the government here, and they're occupying buildings over here, right? And communism is doing this, and the governments are doing that, and there's a lot of running to and fro, and there's a lot of confusion about it, but you know what? There is a truth, and and you've got, you've got to have your antenna tuned to the right thing. Because it's almost like the world, is, uh, 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 the world is, is operating according to an AM frequency. But you know what? There's a prophet and a bride that begins to move according to an FM frequency. It's almost like they're, they're that different. And thank God you've got something in you to receive the word for your day. And to be able to follow that with determination. So here's, here's a, a typical question That came in 1964. Brother, ma'am, knowing that you are the prophet and the prophet for the hour we're living, will there come a time when God's people will have to flee Arizona with you? And if so, will you let us know when the time comes? So wherever you are physically, we want to be right there, or wherever we need to be physically, we want to be right there. And will you promise to let us know? I love his answer. He says, sure, I'll tell you. He said, see how easy it is for people Friend, it has nothing to do with this tabernacle. It has nothing to do with a physical building. Abraham, Isaac, and all the saints died all over the world. they have come forth out of every crevice, corner, bottom of the ocean. I don't know where it'll be. I don't know where I'll be, but wherever it is, if I'm in that group, there's nothing can keep me from being there. And I don't have to be in any certain place. only place I have to be in is in Christ. For those that are in Christ, God will bring with them. Isn't that great? Yeah. So, you know, you, you you should not be looking at social media or uh, on the internet now because we can, uh, remember back in the old days, if you wanted to know what was going on in another church, you had to call over to the office on Monday and say, can you send me the tapes? And maybe 10 days later, you get the tapes and you listen to them, you know, on the old cassette recorder or whatever. Some of you are laughing, you know, because and some of you don't even know what those words mean. <laughs> and... <clears throat> Now we can be plugged in to everywhere immediately. So on your way home, you can be listening to another service that, uh, you know, is concluding in another time zone an hour later. And you can be listening to it going home. It's just incredible how plugged in uh, we can actually be. And I'm not saying that's all together such a great thing. Uh, but it is, it is the world that we live in. And, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the problem. One of the problems that's associated with that is comparison. And you can think, wow, you know, that pastor preaches on something and he's on a high. The people are on a high. Everybody's on a high. And you know, they have just one of those services that nobody will ever forget. And you feel like, wow, you know what? I need to be there. I need to be there because that's what me and my family need. Because your pastor might be correcting something here or dealing with something that God's leading him to deal with over here. That really needs to be dealt with. And you who've got your eyes on another assembly over there, you're probably the one that he's speaking to. And you're thinking, wow, I, I, listen, I'm all in it for the path of least resistance. I want to go where the fun is. I want to go where the action is. Yeah, you all know what I'm. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't, I don't know. But where you need to be is in Christ. And you need to have a peace about that. You need to have a leadership to know exactly uh, where you should be. So this word knowledge now, and we've talked about this in other sermons here, it is in the Hebrew language, and this is the good knowledge uh, that we're talking about, is the perception or skill and discernment, understanding of the time that you're living in or things that you're confronted with. So if you're going to raise children, you need to have knowledge. You need to have patience. You need to have money. Right, You need to have uh, all kinds of things that you never knew uh, that you needed in order to raise children. But definitely you want to have discernment about what happens in your home and recognizing the changes in the seasons that you go through. And you want to have understanding. You want to have wisdom because you're going to be called upon to do that. And so we find this word in many places in, uh, in, in Scripture. Also in the New Testament is the word epinosis. So the word to know is uh is, is the word gnosis. And that is the, uh, the simple uh, translation of the, the, the word to know in biblical language. The epinosis is a step beyond that. It is an acknowledgement of the precise and correct thing. And uh, <clears throat> you remember when Jesus talked to uh, somebody who came to him about the kingdom and Jesus looked at him and said, hey, you're not far from the kingdom. In other words, you have, you have a real... Real knowledge about the kingdom of God. You've you got a real understanding, and real perception here. And it is used of the knowledge of things that are ethical and divine. We're going to talk about those two things, ethical and divine, a little bit later on. But uh, it, it, is, it is somebody who has... Um, it, it's not something that you would learn in school. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 when I think of this, I often think of the example of my own mother. And she was not a highly educated person. Uh, but she just had a kind of a real sensible uh, knowledge about her and a wisdom about her. Uh, she was uh, unfazed by lots of things, and, uh, you know, she was just very steady and very solid. And I think it was because she had um, a divine um, gift, if you like, and just in her own way uh, of, of being able to raise a, raise a family and so forth and doing what uh, she was called to do. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes that the God of, the Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Because that's the kind of knowledge you want to have. We don't just want to know the facts about God. We don't want to know uh, just the facts about the Bible. But we want, to, we want to have wisdom and revelation that helps us to know Him, right? Right? And to know him in a personal way, to have an intimate understanding and an intimate relationship with Christ. And that's that's all we want to have. And there's many, many scriptures that are related to that. Now, naturally then, if that's something that's desired to have, Satan's going to get involved in that. And Brother Brown said, listen, friends, too many times my ministry in America hasn't been very forceful because it looks like the people are so confused. So here's Brother Branham coming along now, and he, he preaches on Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he talks about healing. And there's a lot of people right away say, "Ah, oh, hold on now, the Days of Miracles stopped with the apostles. So there's no such thing as that now. Where are they getting that? They're getting that from the teaching that goes on in their church. So they have a knowledge, but that knowledge is not from God, because they're rejecting the gift that God's placing in front of them. Does that make sense? He said it looks like people are confused. So he goes into a certain place and he uh, preaches about the Godhead. And there's a lot of people back up on that and say, oh, no, 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 no. No, there's three. There's three in the, in the Trinity, not one like you're talking about here. And it's because they've been given a knowledge or a teaching and awareness that that's, that's the way it really is. But what he says is one, one teaches one thing and another Uh, and one another, and instead of sitting down, taking the Bible and reading it for yourself and being convinced by the Holy Spirit. So now when you get alone and you begin to separate from uh, the traditions and the teachings that uh, you've been given and examine the Word of God. Now listen, let me encourage you to do exactly the same thing. You're not called to sit in this church and just accept everything that I say because I say it. You know what? You need to go back and look in the Word and see whether this is the Word or not. You should not fall into the trap of thinking, oh, Brother Barry's a great guy, he goes to the retreat, you know, he throws snowballs and, you know, he does this and that, something else, and, and uh, you know, provides a nice church and a fellowship hall and all that. Well, he must be right. No, no, not at all. The only way that I can be considered right is that what I'm preaching is according to the Word for this hour. And, and you have every right, and I would encourage you to do that, to go and be diligent and see whether these things be so. And this is what Brother Branham's saying. He's a prophet, and he's telling the people, get alone, read the Bible, be convinced by the Holy Spirit yourself. Amen. You don't need to be convinced by me, because if you are, then somebody else who's more convincing can come along and convince you of something else. Right. This is not about intellect, this is not about me, this is not about how smart you are or are not. This is about the Holy Spirit dealing with you as an individual, because you know what? Even though there's all kinds of people out there confused, and this is what he's saying, there is a truth. How many believe that? There is a truth. So Paul says, and brethren, when I come to you, I came not with you, not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. And he describes this here in uh, in his uh, message to the Corinthians. And I was with you in weakness and fear. In other words, I'm not coming here in a pedantic way. I'm not coming here to try to show you how much I know. I'm not trying to come here and say how much revelation I have. And I'm, try- I'm not trying to overwhelm you with my words or anything else. But I'm here just to come, he said, in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And for my speech and my preaching was not but enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And your faith would not stand in Paul... Your faith would not rest in Paul. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. That your faith should not stand in in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so, yes, you should hear it. Yes, you should examine it by the word and, and be convinced of it in your own heart because there's going to come a time when you're going to have to stand with a faith in God that is the only thing that's going to make sense to you. It won't be circumstances. Brother Manum said now in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. And a voice, of course, is his word when he's speaking. And in other words, they will not understand a theological voice that's teaching contrary to the word. I tell you what, I, 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 uh, I think it's great. I think it's great that uh, you can be sitting here and innocently somebody might come. I, I watch over this pretty carefully, so Lord willing, it'll never happen. But if somebody came and got in here and preached to you another gospel, there'd be something in you that would go off. And all of a sudden, you're uncomfortable with that. And you ought to be thanking God every day that you got that. That's the same thing with a genuine born-again child of God. They understand only the things that are of God. They understand only the things that are of God. And they're happy because of it. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. So in Proverbs chapter two, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of His ma- uh, for the Lord giveth wisdom and out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now we want to pursue this word wisdom here because it's going to mean more than just what we're able to talk about tonight. But out of His mouth goeth knowledge and understanding. Luke that's probably what you are looking for, uh, one of those verses here. But let's stop for a minute on Deuteronomy twenty nine. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Think about this for a minute here. Now, I've told you many times that God does not hide things from us, but rather he hides things for us. Isn't that right? So God has in every age a mystery. God has promises. God has truths Truths that he reveals in every age. And those truths are clear to somebody in that age, but they're unclear to somebody uh, in a previous age. So the people in Martin Luther understood justification because God revealed that, like God let that out in that particular day. But in, uh, in, in, uh, in Luther's time, uh, they, were not, they were not privy to an understanding of sanctification or the next level because God hadn't revealed that yet. Okay? But let's, let's look at Deuteronomy 29 here this way, just for a little bit tonight that there's things that belong unto God that he doesn't always reveal in sync with your desires. We know, according to the next part of that verse, but those things which are revealed, so in other words, God does reveal later on, or he reveals other things, but there are some things that belong unto God. In other words, there are, let me say it this way, the call that we have, and the responsibility that we have, I think, as believers, is to trust him before we always know why. Yeah. So you, you may be, for instance, you may, let's just take an example. Let's just say, Brother Sam here, his uh, shop shuts down, and all of a sudden now he's out of work, and that's an upsetting thing for a man. And he may not know what's ahead, but now, even though we know that God would, right? God knows what's in his future, but he may not. The time for him to trust God is before he knows what God's going to do. Because it's an act of faith for him to say, I don't know what's coming, but Lord, I'm putting my faith and my trust in you. That's the time to trust God because there are some things that belong unto him and him alone. He'll let you get into a situation. He'll let you get into a, a circumstance. My goodness, you don't, you don't really know how you got there. and You don't know how you're going to get out of it. But you know what? In, the, in, the, in that season, you know God knows. So Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. Right now, I'm putting my trust in you. Even though I don't know how this is going to come out. I don't know what the outcome is, but I'm going to put my trust in you. But those things which are revealed belong unto us. Now think about this. That when God moves and God restores and God blesses and God uh, gives an understanding of things, that becomes, in a sense, the new normal by which we operate that is never taken from us, but rather we pass on to our. Children, that's what he says, they belong unto us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Let me give you an example like this. Here comes Brother Branham, and he has a gift of healing that's given to him for this generation, right? To attract attention to the ministry because God's got a message he's bringing to this world. Right? Everybody following me? Once he brings that, once God operates that gift of healing through him, You know what? We see over and over and over and over and over again and over and over and over again that our God is a healer. That's not just the book of Acts. That's right now. And you know what? When we know that, that becomes the new normal. So in other words, for us now who follow after Brother Branham, when it comes to somebody sick or we have a need in the assembly... We're going to believe and practice divine healing because God manifested that, God revealed that, God let that be known. The things which are revealed, they belong to who? The believers, us. Do you understand? We're not people now back in other ages who believe that the days of miracles have passed. We're people who are on the other side of God revealing that, making that known. So now, hey, that becomes a new normal. We believe that God's a healer. (laughs) don't bother trying to convince us that he's not. We know he is. Because not only did we see Brother Branham do it, but we saw God move among us and heal people and, and, uh, you know, do supernatural things and uh, bring things to pass in our lives and in our assembly. We believe that our God's a healer. Hey, that belongs unto us. And we're going to teach those to our children. Are you following me? So the time to trust God is even before you know what God's going to do. And all of those things that become real to us, we pass them on to our children, we practice them, we pass them on to our children, and our children's children, because that little phrase, forever, means that once God puts that back into the body, it remains a part of the action of the body forever, as long as we're in these bodies. Does that make sense? All right. Let's get graphic. Daniel chapter 12. The Bible promises us, but thou, Daniel, in the last days, I'm on the bottom of the screen. Shut up the words, seal the book. Even to the time of the end, and many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Knowledge in a natural way, can be productive. I mean, there are some good things that, uh, that we can know today that are beneficial. Like, for instance, an x-ray. Think, you had to think about what life was like before they, they were able to take an x-ray. They had to guess that that bone was broken or something internally was not correct or the scans that they have today. In terms of medi- medical, the medical uh, world, uh, some of the inventions are you have know, just ab- absolutely been incredible. The ability to solve crimes by examining DNA and comparing proves lots of things, because essentially, DNA isn't wrong. But now the problem comes and this is what David tells us in Psalm 106, that there's a danger that the invention or the thing that is discovered by man becomes more important than the God who allowed that to be revealed. Okay, so we put our faith in the invention. We put our faith in the technology. We put our faith in the mechanical part. God never wants you to lose sight of the fact that, you know what, everything on the earth is something he's created. Amen. Thus they, Israel, defiled their own... With their, they were, thus were they defiled with their own works... And went a whoring with their own inventions. And therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. You know why? Because they forgot the God who had led them to where they are. And God never likes his people to do that. So no matter how many inventions we have, and no matter how slick your phone is, there's a God who's greater than all of that. All right. And we should never let that become God. We should never let that become an idol. Yeah, sure. Are we okay? Yeah. Strong word. So, Brother Ma'am says we're living in the shadows of time when we see the very wickedness of the enemy and powers in the world, and he describes all of that. And he says we look at the snowstorms and everything happening and pestilences. That's all, ca- pestilences are diseases, viruses, and things. That's all caused by the interruption of these firing of bombs and things. And they're getting things all mixed up here. And they're messing around in God's big laboratory to fulfill his word. Now, you don't want to mess around in God's laboratory and start cloning the wrong thing. Right? We don't need another Noah Cockman. You girls may think, well, if he gets married, then I'm lost. No, we, let me assure you, we don't need another Noah Cockman. but there are people messing around in God's laboratory trying to figure out how they can make a killing financially. There are people messing around in God's laboratory. I mean, you wouldn't think it would be possible that people could get in there and create diseases and viruses that, I don't know, maybe somebody left the window open and forgot. And it drifted out. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But Brother Rams back in 1954 and saying there's a danger here when men get in there with their lack of respect for God's word and God's sovereignty and they begin to mess around in God's laboratory. They're just fulfilling his word. It's going to happen. And in another place, Brother Bram said God's going to take that and turn it over on their heads and bring his wrath on those people. But we cannot say that technology does not influence our behavior. It affects us in lots of different ways. We're going to talk more specifically about that, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. But one of the things that we keep in mind is that a lot of these things that have developed in our world subtly have developed without any moral boundaries at all. Right? There are lots of things that are out there that people do because everybody's doing it. And they don't have the moral boundaries. They're not, they're not praying about a lot of this stuff. Right? So just, just for example media, not social media, but media, and how television and movies and all of that uh, is, has now come to the place where it moves ahead without restraint, without boundaries at all. They're not trying to hold back in, in a lot of these things. And so and not only do you have the immoral part, but you have the violent part. And, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, I, I kind of, when this pops up, sometimes I'll take notice, but there are, there are computer games that are out there that, uh, let me, let me assure you, and I won't mention any names here. I won't mention uh, particular games, but there are some that you absolutely should not let your children be a part of at all. Now you say you're old fashioned. I don't care whether you think I'm old fashioned or not. They're dangerous because of the design because of the intent of that game and the way that you you win and all of that stuff. Hey, there's absolutely things out there that are made without any boundary considerations at all. None. And so therefore, we've come to a place where it used to be where, uh, you know, I Love Lucy had two of them sleeping in two separate beds, right? And and they, they only could get away with so much. And then There wasn't enough outcry. So you know what? The devil said, well, we can go a little bit farther than that. And then we go a little bit farther than that. And a little bit farther and a little bit farther until you get to where we are. Where we are today didn't happen overnight. It happened from way back. And if you want to use Brother Bram's phrase there, he says, you know, for 6,000 years, everything rolled along. And now the last 50, everything's gone haywire. Well, it's a little more than 50 years. But I think you get the point that Satan moved his headquarters, got in there, found a venue, found, he found a method to be able to affect generations upcoming and move the boundary markers just a little bit and just a little bit and just a little bit, and no one kind of noticed he was moving those boundary markers. Hello? Nobody knew he was moving those boundary markers very much until we woke up and realized, wow, you know what? Now when you outcry against it, no one even listened. I remember one time, back in the days, when I flew North North Northwest Airlines, and uh, they had a a movie that was shown, back in the day, remember when they had one screen in the plane? And, uh, you know, it was on there, and it didn't matter uh, whether whether you wanted to watch it or not, it was kind of right in front of everybody, everybody, it was on there, and and they were showing this horror movie, it was a horror movie, with real horror in it, and I'd never seen a movie like that since about grade four, and... uh, and uh, uh, the one that I saw in grade four scared the liver out of me. And I, I mean, I, I've always been abhorred by that. I've always been really repulsed by anything re- even related to that. And here was a horror movie on here and all kinds of weird uh, supernatural stuff that was going on there. And so I thought, I said, hey, I had my hand up in the plane. And uh, you know, can we turn that off? My boys are here. Can we turn that off? And uh, no, no, you can't do that. You know, just, uh, just go to sleep. Put a blanket over your head. That was the answer. So I wrote a letter. I got home and I wrote a letter, typed it out. You know, like a real letter on paper. You know? And <clears throat> sent it to the airline. And I got the standard, here are these guys writing letters again about the movies. You know, that standard response. And get back again. In other words, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. What you say doesn't matter. That was way back there. And you know what? We were outraged by a lot of stuff that happened back there. No one's hardly outraged anymore. Because a lot of people don't even know what their kids are watching. I mean, you can't build a school next to Walmart because Walmart sells guns. But yet in the playground, two-year-olds can have their phone and have all kinds of things beamed into them on the playground. Don't tell me Satan doesn't know what he's doing. Huh. He knows what he's doing. And Brother Branham's telling us here in Flashing Red Light, and this is the theme of this sermon, Flashing Red Light, <clears throat> that all of this stuff, take it for what it is, it's a sign. It's an actual sign of the coming of the Lord. Yeah. And he says it here, and he says it in this screen. He said, used to be we put women on a pedestal, and we honored her and took off her hat and her presents and so on. They honored women. And he said, sir, women have brought it on themselves. That devil hellhole of Hollywood yonder produced it out on those televisions and magazines and so forth Till the thing has become a great big pot of filth. So what happened? Brother Bram's a voice crying in the wilderness saying, you know what? The boundaries are moved. Hey, someone's moving the boundaries. And you know what? People are not paying attention to him at all. And he said, it's a warning sign that Christ will come in his generation. All right, so it gives us a clue that how Satan moves is subtly. He bides his time, he's patient, he knows how to lay the the groundwork for a trap, and he knows how to pull people into it very subtly, and nobody seems to cry out. And then he says it again, I was flying over France, and I thought, well, as many American people did, uh, you know, died in France in the war. And he says, brother and sister, we need some correction here. The system, the whole thing needs correction. It isn't the robin that pecks on the apple uh, that hurts it. It's the worm at the core that kills the people. And it isn't Russia going to hurt us? It's our own degrading of our morals among us is what's killing us. Again, you know, he says the same thing. Let's go to number two: greed, because <clears throat> there are financial realities in a declining America and with our economy the way that it is. Uh, I mean, it's it's not a laughing matter. And Brother Bam said people have sold their birthrights for politics. And if you get that tape, I preached on. It's called Jezebel Religion. He preached it in Ohio. He said, "Because of greed," he said, "They've absolutely sold out Christ." He's referring to churches, referring to America, referring to the economy, and, and politicians and so forth. You can take time to read all of these quotes here. I found this today because, if you uh, four years ago, I did the same thing because Oxfam puts out a report every year about the uh, the, the dispersion of wealth in our world. Okay, and Oxfam does this on purpose. Because the first presentation of this report by Oxfam is brought to Switzerland, Davos, Switzerland, where all the great minds and wealthy people of the world gather together for a couple of weeks and they just chat. They chat about stuff because they're the movers and shakers in our world and they come together to have fancy meals and be able to talk and have uh, guests come and entertain them. And so Oxfam provides this report to that group at Davos, Switzerland. And the report this year, and you can, the link is on the bottom, you're welcome to go find it there, at the richest 1% of people in the world today, and let me tell you, they are very wealthy people, they grabbed nearly two-thirds of all the new wealth in the world worth 42 trillion created since 2020, since 2020, so that's 2021, 22, and 23, New wealth would be monies that come from investments, interest, all of the money that accrues from money that's invested, basically, and businesses and so forth that are profitable. So two-thirds of all of that money that's created in the world, which is roughly $42 trillion, is accumulated into the pockets of 1% of the population. Whoa. Some of you are looking at me saying, preach it hard, Brother Barry, preach it hard. During the past decade, the richest 1% had captured around half of all new wealth. I mean, this is incredible. The bottom uh, quote here, an imbalance between rich and poor is the oldest and most fatal ailments of all republics. Whenever you see that an accumulation of wealth on one side and then a lack of wealth on the other side, that is usually the death knell of any democratic society. Okay, So it's a warning, and all I'm doing is saying that there are traps, there are warnings out there, uh, there are things out there that uh, are happening right in front of us. In the book of Hosea, hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. So I'm not picking, but when we look at the transition in age groups here, We have a silent generation that's over here on the right, and these are folks that are born 1928 to 1945. I am not a part of that group. And then you had the baby boomers right here, born between 1946 and 64. Now, these people are getting old, and that's in that green category right here. But this is a little bit of an analysis of the millennials and the Gen X people who are younger and coming up. So it's interesting that here's Brother Branham now in the 60s saying that society and culture has changed, and he said they don't have any boundaries at all. He said the morals of the nation are filthy and all the rest of it. All right, so what effect does that have on the Gen X people and the millennial people, people who are born after 1965, okay? So we'll look at a little bit of it here. Millennials, uh, they are the, uh, the demographic or the group of people that follow uh, the Gen Xers and Research and commentators use birth years uh, ranging in that time period. So now you have a whole different new generation here. Granddad, in your day, what did you do when your server was not responding? You can call me tomorrow. Brother Mam said, now, Father, through all the, though all the world seems to be so modernistic, they're going, Lord, to knowledge instead of just a simple faith in God. To so see what happens now. As a result of technology, as a result of inventions, as a result of a laxing of moral standards and so forth, you start to combine all that and see what effect that it has. You know what it does? It causes people to lean on knowledge instead of a simple faith in God. Case in point. Our day is supposed to be like the days of Noah, right? And in, Noah, in Noah's day, his sermon was, for 120 years, It's going to rain, and it's going to rain because God says. Not because I can prove it, and not because if you get on Google, it's going to show it. But you know what? God said it, and I believe it. So a lot of people, you know what they probably did? And I can tell you they probably did it, because as it was in the days of Noah, so is it today. That if I got up and made a pronouncement in the world and said, it's going to rain, you know what people would do? They'd Google it, wouldn't they? Theo, you'd do that, wouldn't you? He's shaking his head over there. They've gone to a knowledge instead of simple faith in God. And they lean on that knowledge. Nobody's saying it's going to rain. No no credible scientist is saying it's going to rain. We can't find anywhere on Google or on the Internet where it says it's going to rain. They don't even know what rain is. And so, therefore, they're going to veer away from simple faith in God, which is how it was for almost 6,000 years And now they're going to lean on knowledge. This is the knowledge you don't want to lean on. Is everybody with me? So therefore, this Gen Y approach to car buying is different. Now look, try as I might, I can't buy a car like this. I got to go to the dealership, and I got to kick the tires, and I got to look at it, and I got to talk to the guy, and he gives me a price, and then I walk away. And come back again, and he comes down a thousand dollars. And you know, all the time the website says what the price is gonna be. But I, I'm just I'm over twenty-nine. <laughs> but this is a genuine approach to everything else. Watch now. Many denominations are steadily losing members, and that's true. More and more people aren't affiliating with any religion including a third of those born between 1980 and 2000. Aha! So that's that demographic we were talking about. So what I want you to understand is when you look at the effect of how the culture has changed and take away a dependence and a respect for the Bible, it has its effect on new generations that come up. Okay? Where's the fuel coming from? Where's the fuel for all of this change? And so therefore, the single most common religious identity among this generation is that they're not a part of anything, and according to this is the uh, Religion Research Institute, and also uh, the Pew Research, and and all of that is documented there. So here's Brother Bram said, the days are growing evil because that knowledge, man's knowledge that he received in the Garden of Eden, when he left the tree of life to eat from the tree of knowledge, that knowledge is increasing constantly. Folks, here's Brother Branham in 1950 telling us that when you leave the tree of life and you take the tree of knowledge of good and evil, there's an effect. There's a consequence of that. And that's what he's warning us back in 1950. And as knowledge increases, they get away from the Bible and get into a theory. Wow, that's quite a statement. As knowledge increases, this is the knowledge that people have, uh, the inventions and the discoveries and all of that, the reliance on technology and all of that. As knowledge increases, they get away from the Bible. You know what? Anything that causes you to get away from God's Word is not your friend. I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't have a phone. I'm not here, that's not my point at all. But I'm telling you that we, when we have an increasing reliance on knowledge, the wrong kind of knowledge, we have a decreasing reliance and faith in the Bible. That's just the way it is. Let me add another, another problem on top of this, and that's AI. So they did a, a, a research thing where they got all these experts who are on Earth now. Uh, they got a, a, like 300 of them or something, and they put questions to them. Now, obviously, all of this stuff is conjecture. It's just their thoughts. And they're, they're trying to ask these experts who are... Leaders in their field now, and they're saying, what's it going to be like in 2035? What's it going to be like in the political realm, in the media realm, and uh, in, in, in uh, you know, daily life, and relationships, and how kids are going to uh, be thinking, and so forth? What's it going to be like when, we, when AI takes off and just runs wild, and legislators are racing behind it to try to come up with laws, but what laws do we put in place, Right? And so they were asking these experts, "What do you think it's going to be like in 2035?" Well, it was really interesting. It's long, and some of it's really technical. Uh, but I, I just want to show you one. Okay, this is one. They have a, they have a they have deep concerns. This group of experts, they have deep concerns about peoples and society's overall well being. But they also expect great benefits in healthcare, scientific advances, and education. So it's a real tree of knowledge of good and evil. There are some things that are going to be really fantastic, like, uh, you know, just 5G and AI and how they can perform surgeries. They can do surgeries in India, and, uh, or Pakistan, sorry, in Pakistan, and they can, they can do surgeries in other parts of the world through that technology as if they're in the operating room. It's just absolutely incredible. But this was a, one little paragraph. They fear, these experts, they fear that the best of knowledge will be lost or neglected in a sea of misinformation or disinformation. That the institutions previously dedicated to informing the public will be decimated. In other words, it'll be destroyed. It'll be be mocked. It'll be, you know, uh, misrepresented. That basic facts will be drowned out in a sea of entertaining distractions, lies, and manipulation. Because a lot of you now are looking and say, well, you know, if it's in the media reporting it, then, you know, it's probably fake news. It might be half-fake news. Or, and you don't know what to believe. And you know what happens when we experience enough of that? You draw back. Well, what they're, what they're saying in the article, and without going into all the details, they're saying that even truth itself can fall because it can be misrepresented. Hey, Listen. There's AI technology that's available to preach a sermon by Brother Branham that would be pretty close to the truth. 99% true. And they can make it sound like Brother Branham. They can make it read like Brother Branham. And it wouldn't be Brother Branham. And you know what happens when enough of that goes on? People draw back and say, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with any of it. That's exactly what Satan wants. Satan wants. Satan wants you to draw back. And this is what they're saying right here that that they fear that a lot of the best, not the truth, they fear that a lot of the truth is just going to fall by the wayside because there's so much false and so much fake and so much uh, misinterpretation out there and misrepresentation out there. No one knows what's true anymore. What a terrible thing. And in addition, they argue that even reality itself. Because now they have, uh, you know, alternate forms of reality and modified reality and so forth. Uh, And they have, uh, you can get a degree now in attention engineering. Attention engineering. That's not a command. Attention engineering is the people who study how to get your attention and to keep it. We'll hear a little bit about that next Wednesday night. But these are companies that put huge amounts of money into hiring people to figure out ways to capture your attention and to keep it. And a lot of it, a lot of it is not is not presenting you with the truth or quotes or pure Bible. It's not doing that at all. It's diverting you along this path, and it might not be evil. You might not turn into an axe murderer. But let me tell you, there's diversions and temptations out there. There's all kinds of things that are. And what I'm saying to you, parents, is that your kids are growing up in a world where that's normal. And Deuteronomy twenty and 29, 29 says that. The the secret things belong unto God, but the things that he reveals belong unto us and our children. So at the same time, you have all this darkness here. You have God revealing things that are true, that you as parents got to embrace and pass along to your children so that they'll know what's true and not be subject to all of this stuff that's out there created by artificial intelligence or any other kind of intelligence. Can I wrap it up? Let me wrap it up. I know you want me to wrap it up. I don't need to ask. Because we haven't talked at all about the age of nuclear instability or anything else. Brother John and I were talking about this just before it came out. Magnetic north has never sat still. There's a phenomena in the earth where the earth's core, the magnum uh, underneath there, is shifting all the time. And so true north is never true north in the same place forever. It moves around. And uh, it's, a, it's quite an interesting scientific phenomena, which I don't understand. And it says that in our, uh, the direction which our compasses steadfastly point is lumbered ever northward. So it's moving, driven by Earth's churning liquid core 1,800 miles below. So this is not something that we have caused by global warming or anything else like that. Magnetic, yet in recent years, scientists noticed something unusual. Magnetic north's routine Plod has shifted into high gear. I mean, it's broken into a gallop, sending it uh, galloping across the northern hemisphere, and no one can explain why. Changes have been so large that scientists are working on an emergency update for the world magnetic model. And that's the thing that controls GPS and cell phones and everything else, and airlines, because if an airline thinks it's flying really east, it's not really east anymore, it's somewhere else. Now wait, Now the wait for a new north is over. The world magnetic model was updated recently and so forth. So now they can uh, precisely move it. But the, the problem still exists that it's moving faster and they really don't know why. We know, this is the article, we know that the pole is now moving faster than it has for decades. And how often does that happen in the long historical record? We really don't know. What we know is what it's doing now is different And that's always exciting scientifically. So they're looking at it, trying to attach a scientific explanation for that, probably like the people in Noah's day would say, you know what, somebody's saying that it's going to rain. Now that's exciting scientifically because it's never happened and probably never will. But you know, what if? And they have all these scenarios and all this different conversation. But here's what the Bible says. We know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And if I understand the message right, Brother Branham said, "There there is a waiting. Look at the last paragraph. It's all waiting, groaning for that day of perfection when our Lord Jesus shall come and perfect everything that's imperfected. So scientists don't have an answer for what's happening, but the Bible does. And scientists don't have an answer for everything that's happening in the earth, the natural earth, but a prophet did. And Brother Bram said, the stars are not in their orbits as they should be, and everything seems to be out of cater. But he says, we receive a kingdom that cannot be moved. The world's falling apart, and and so forth. He describes it again, and and so forth. And and there's many places where he talks about the the verse in Romans chapter 8. And he said, it's all got to go back on its axis to the place where it fell from. Back in the days of Noah, when the flood came, it threw the world off its axis, right? Anybody following me here? And Brother Bram said, in order for God to restore everything back to the way that he envisioned in the beginning, it's all got to go back to the way it is. Now, scientists are saying, well, you know, this is happening, and that's it. We measured it. We adjusted for this, and we adjusted for that. But they really don't have an answer as to why it's happening. You know what they've got? They've got knowledge. But you know what you've got? The secret things belong unto God. But the things that are revealed belong unto us and to our children. You know what we should do? We should teach the truth in this church. We should teach things that are biblical, and we should count on those things. We should take them to the bank and deposit them in the hearts of our children and say, listen, all that stuff's being said out there, but this is the truth. This is the thing that we can count on because it doesn't change. It's God's eternal word, and if God made promises in there, they're going to come to pass. No matter what scientists say and no matter what the worlds do or the governments do or anything else or the people in Davos, Switzerland do, that doesn't matter. That's not eternal, but God's word is eternal and heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Let's stand to our feet. Knowledge increases. That doesn't mean that we lean to that for understanding. (coughs) And What's really important is that we teach these generations coming up. That there is a source for truth and it isn't on Snapchat. There's a source for truth and it doesn't come from Instagram, right? You need to talk to Theo over here. There's a source of truth and it doesn't come from people who are searching. There's a source of truth. I believe it's God's word. And what I'm saying to you tonight, I think you should be awfully glad that you got something in you that you can sit there listen to a sermon, and if something said the thing correctly, something goes off. That's something God gave you to make sure that you stay on track. Because there's nothing more uncomfortable than hearing the wrong thing presented like it's right. and It's just troubling, isn't it? God gave you that ability to be troubled by things that are not true. I'll tell you what, saints of God, to me, this is, uh, it gets interesting. It gets interesting and it gets important because there's a lot of things that are changing real fast. Brother Ram said, we got a 6,000 year timeline. And he said, everything rolls on just the same way, just about. Until now, we got, we go from horse and buggy. Now all of a sudden we're in rocket ships and going back and forth to the moon and all the other stuff that's happening. And he said, it's all happening in this little time slot in the very end of it. Because Daniel said, Daniel was told, seal up the book, lock it all up. It'll be open in the end time. Knowledge will increase. Certain signs will be showing. Wow. You're living in the day when it's coming to pass. You ought to get your kids, get them at home and, and uh, talk about, you know, some of, these, some of these things that are happening in the world. And you look at them and look at them in, in light of the prophecies for our day. I Play something, Matt. What are you playing? hold to God's unchanging hand.
3: I'm going to hold to my God's unchanging hand. And we'll be
2: Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your choosing in this last day. And Lord, it was not our vote, but you voted for us from before the foundation of the world. We should live in this last day, Lord, a day when everything is falling apart. But Lord, we have within us a kingdom that shall never fail, it shall never fall apart. That kingdom is birthed within us by the true baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray now that you would make us, cause us to stand strong in a world that's crumbling. Help us, Lord, to stand strong in the face of all the disinformation and lies that abound. Lord, may we not have our eyes upon the natural, political, economic things of this world, Lord. We know they're all going to pass away. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes upon your word and the truth we know to be real. We're so glad your prophet came and preached about an absolute as we know what we should tie our hitch to. And Lord Jesus, I pray keep us all strong in the days ahead. Lord, heal those that are sick. Bless those that need a touch tonight. We thank you, Brother Fulcher. Lord, we thank of Sister Mia, going for tests. And Lord, Sister Tracy Rabin, we just place her into your hands, Lord. And Father, our hearts go out to Brother Mike Pritchard tonight, his uncle who's passed away. We just place him into your hands, Lord, and the family. Bless his mom. And Lord, all the funeral and all the different affairs, Lord, it'll go on this week. We commit them into your hands. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for our gathering together, Lord, and may your Holy Spirit just drop these words into our hearts like seeds that it might bring forth a great harvest. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. And everybody said, there is a youth event, 13 and up, on February 17th at the Ivy's House, and you need to RSVP to Sister Rachel Coffee." So if you could do that. That's a Youth of N13 and up, February 17th. I appreciate you coming tonight. I appreciate you adding to this service tonight by your presence and by your participation. May God bless you all tonight as you go. Let's sing it as we leave tonight. John, you're welcome to sing. God bless you tonight as you go. We are the generation.
3: We are We're the, the culmination, culmination,
0: the final words the world will be The world is. coming of the Lord is near. Living.
3: Hardly a comfort can afford